Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is a Lip Media Podcast. You're listening to All the Shit I've Learned Abroad. I'm Andrea Gillis. And I'm Steph Page. We're two Canadian expats now living in Australia and the UK. Between the two of us, we've been through the ringer in our travels, experiencing missed flights, volcanic eruptions, and even a terrorist attack. It's not all that extreme, though. We've also experienced heartwarming, life-changing moments and met amazing people along the way. So kick back and listen to All the Shit I've Learned Abroad. Welcome to Season 2 of All the Shit I've Learned Abroad. I'm Andrea. And I'm Steph. We season took a little break. Two. Season two. Uh, yeah, there's nothing really different. Our intro <laughs> yeah. is the same. The show concept is the same. Um, we just we just needed a couple weeks off. Yes. We've been we... recording for an entire year, every mm-hmm. week. And Steph, are you feeling refreshed and ready for a new season? I'm feeling like a new person in many ways. So yes, I are am. You? Oh, good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's Steph and I, we, we uh, needed a break from the podcast, but also each other. No, I'm kidding. Hey. <laughs> you, you would have thought that we didn't speak at all for two weeks, but still, Steph was... Yeah, you've had a lot going well, on. You bought a flat in London. Yeah. Unheard I, of. I, it's been... Um, Oh, it's been a yeah, it's been a few busy few weeks. So I've just bought a place. I'm trying to get everything renovated and moved in, and I'm exhausted. Yeah, um, and, and then lockdown is still happening. Yeah, and I have been working on tons of projects. You know how we said when this all started that this is the time to work on your side hustles. Yeah, that is something easier said than done. <laughs> like, oh, totally. It's one it's, of those things that sounds great to say. It. You're like, yeah, let's do this shit. It's a weird time. <laughs> it is. And I think I, I found myself a lot more motivated in the early weeks. And slowly, mm-hmm. I'm just becoming a bit more like, is yeah. this still going on? So I'm, I'm happy I think that we, we all break, are. But I'm happy to be doing the podcast again. Because, yes. guys, if you haven't picked up something creative during this whole pandemic, and if you're still in lockdown, do something creative. Start a podcast, start a blog, but do something <laughs> yeah. to keep your brain stimulated. That's my advice. I know. I, there's a lot of haters out there right now who are like, please don't start a podcast or please stop sharing no. your ba- cooking. And it's like, you know what? Whenever you get your inspiration is the perfect time. Yeah. 
do it. Jumping back in, we have a new Patreon donor. I hope I say this right. Mahari McCulloch. Thank you so much. Your package is going out in the mail this week. So thank you. We really, really appreciate that so much. Even during a break, we got a new Patreon donor. That's just so exciting. I know. (laughs) (laughs) So we were really hoping by the time that we had started season two of this podcast that we would be out of this global pandemic and we'd be able to travel again. Because I know in the last few episodes um, that we done, they've all been around coronavirus. And unfortunately, we're still in it. Yeah. Which sucks, and we don't know how long this is going to go on for. But um, what we thought would be a really good topic today is to talk about, you know, how things are really going to change after uh, after this pandemic ends. I know Steph and I, we've been getting a lot of messages from either listeners or even friends of ours saying, you know, when do you guys think that we're going to be able to travel again? How do you think this is going to change? How do you think this is going to change? And I mean, I think it's, I'm actually really flattered by these messages because I'm like, I don't think I'm an expert in travel whatsoever. <laughs> Steph and I, we don't work we're in the a travel fan industry. Of it. Yeah. Yeah. We just have a travel podcast and we like talking about, you know, discussion, having discussions <laughs> around travel. Thanks for everyone that has sent messages through, but we thought we would actually, um, well, we want to do an episode where we talk about it. We don't have the answers necessarily to everything, but we have more questions. (laughs) Yeah. The number one thing everyone's asking, everyone's talking about, and we're going to give you a little teaser on it is of course, how is airline travel going to change? Yes. I mean, I I think this is the most obvious one. And I think out of every sort of travel topic or travel touch point, airline is going to change the most. Um, And we're actually going to do an entirely separate episode on this because I think there are so many talking points and we wanted to actually bring on um, Mm -hmm. an expert to come talk with us. But we're going to touch on a few of the points, though, now. So I've obviously been watching the air travel industry within Australia specifically because we have Qantas, who's our major flyer. They own most of the market here. It's pretty commonly accepted. They're going to make it through. They're going to be flying again once this is over. And then we have Virgin, who's gone into, well, I want to say Chapter 11. That's not the Australian term. Administration. Right. Um, Bankruptcy, basically. Yeah. And we don't know if they're going to make it through. That's to be determined still. And Mm. it's interesting because there's so many factors when you think about that. Because a lot of people are like, oh, let them tank. Don't bail them out. And Qantas will then have a monopoly, which could drive prices up if there's no competition. Uh, Virgin also owns one of our uh, biggest budget airlines, Tiger Airlines. So Tiger could go out as well. So even less competition and just the broader implications that these uh, flights not flying will have. So places like Uluru here or Northern Queensland or all these really remote destinations that, yes, there's people who work for the airline, but all the people who work in travel and tourism within those destinations who are dependent on the airlines flying in. So without going too deep into the airline chat, because again, I think next week um, or the week after, we're going to do a totally separate episode Mm -hmm. on that. Um, But like you said, so tying in the actual travel and tourism industry. Now, this is where it's like, what's going to happen once this is done? And some of the things that we have to sort of look at, it's like, I think the first thing is which which countries are going to be affected by this the most? Who's going to suffer? Um, And as conscious travelers, when we can travel again... Is it a point of, do we decide to go to some of these countries to boost up their, you know, their economy or are we going to feel too unsafe still? So Steph, I know, I think you had a list 
that Forbes I, was it Forbes? I did so I looked up so Forbes released a list of the top 10 countries most reliant on travel and tourism dollars coming in all right uh how that works basically is how many people work in the tourism sector per tourist okay and this is interesting I was really surprised by this list I wouldn't have guessed a single country on it are you ready for it yeah give us the full list okay full list from I'm gonna count them down so 10 to 1 Nigeria, Libya, Guinea, Philippines, Madagascar, Ethiopia, Venezuela, Pakistan, India, Bangladesh. Okay, so I feel like out of that list anyways, there's probably only a handful of them that I would want to go to. Yeah, that is quite surprising. I mean, and that's the question. It's like, would people, would travelers want to go there regardless? But are they going to go just for the sake of boosting up their economy? But when it's funny when you say that, because when you say travelers, you're thinking of, you know, Europeans, North Americans, um, Western culture. But a lot of the tourism coming in and out of there may be their neighboring countries. That's true. That's a good point. Yeah. But what surprised me is Bangladesh. It's not somewhere I ever really had thought to even want to go. So the top, you know, number Nigeria up to India, which were the uh, other nine. They had about anywhere from one to two jobs per tourist, which works out to anywhere from like 67 to 170 per 100 tourists. Right. Ba- Bangladesh is 944 jobs per 100 tourists. That is massive. It's shocking sometimes when you learn this kind of information because you just you can understand how important tourism is. But seeing it in that way, I was blown away. And Bangladesh might actually be going on my list now, whereas it hadn't before. So do you think there's going to be places that you're going to put on your visit list? A list of places you really want to go, but then a list of places you feel like maybe you should go that you have, but you'd still like to explore. Yeah. I mean, I think what how to say it right would be, you know, I might just be reprioritizing a few countries based on, okay. you know, countries that are going to come out of this and you know, thrive a lot more than other countries. Well, maybe I do want to support those other countries first. And maybe this is something else. Another touch point in all of this is, you know, how much research are we going to put in when it comes to health and safety Mm. for each of the countries visited? Because, you know, I I know me and you, Steph, we're very spontaneous. And not to say I don't do, I think I've said this in the past, I'll do enough research, but stuff like my health and, um, you know, I get my vaccine vaccinations and all that but I don't know I don't really look more well and when I always think of health and safety I always thought more from the angle of you know my safety as a woman not my actual yeah the health of my body I exactly or when I thought of it that way I thought of things I would ingest right like you know you have to be careful drinking the water in India yeah um that was the degree and the way in which I was framing my thinking about health but you know even just things in the different ways you greet people and speak to people. Exactly. Yeah, I guess how are countries going to differ? People, are we going to start wearing masks everywhere? How are tourist attractions, you know? I mean, they're always packed. You go to museums or landmarks in any city and it's just tourists everywhere. How is that going to change? Well, you know what's interesting is the way I think a lot of things are going to be changed is... There's going to be a lot of things implemented that are going to be so new to Western tourists where the Asian countries who've, you know, been through more of these kind of pandemic things on a smaller level, more regionalized, 
they're already doing there. A lot of the planes I flew on when I was traveling through India and Asia, you know, even before you take off on the plane, they go up and down the aisles and they spray. Mm. I don't even remember what it is anymore, but they spray that spray. I think it'll just be done more globally, whereas previously it was done very regionally. Mm -hmm. Which makes sense. So we'll see, you know, better sanitation on planes, probably people wearing masks, even temperature checks. Like I was thinking those might become more norm even when you get to the airport a temperature check just that forehead one that even in australia we've had to do them to enter some stores here uh it's become quite normal during the pandemic uh those things might be common practice at airports and what do we think about like tourist attractions you know look at a city like london i mean on any given day london (sighs) is it's a busy city but then you add in trafalgar square big ben westminster abbey buckingham palace there's tourists all the time and it's like how are people i mean like how are you going to social distance like are are think of museums for example is it a case of they need to stay open longer um to allow people to because you know i know the museums in london they stay open until about 6 p.m you know so do you extend the hours and then you only let in a limited number of people how do people queue up and they might get stricter. So one thing, so I'm a member of Zoos Victoria here in Australia, and they just sent out an email yesterday to their zoo members notifying that they're reopening. Um, however, there's only going to be a limited amount of people allowed in at each time. Mm. And even zoo members have to pre-book their tickets. So you I was going to say. You can't just yeah. show up anymore and book your ticket on the spot. You have to have a confirmed ticket before you arrived. And with a, a, a time slot probably as well. It was much like at us at the Blue Lagoon. Like, remember how right. lucky we were? We just showed up and thought we could, you know, go dive in. And <laughs> yeah, we, <did>. <laughs> um, we had to, like, go off for the rest of the day and do a bunch of other stuff and come back because they only had one specific time slot left. Yeah. And I guess it spaces people out, though. They don't want too many people mm-hmm. in, in this example, in the Blue Lagoon at any time. Um, yeah. Because I think it ruins the whole experience. But maybe now it's going to be more of a safety thing. For yeah. And probably museum. much a lot more markings on the floors like we're seeing in grocery stores and retail stores um, that might become the norm as well in tourist attractions. The big hordes of people outside, I think, I don't think that will change too much because obviously you got the people who are like, no, this is 5G. We're fine. Um, yeah. You've got all the non-believers. You've got the people who just don't care. Um, well, at the end yeah. of the day, at some point, things are going to have to. Yes, we might have a new normal, but things like ugh, crowds of people, that's at some point we are going to go back to that. And it's like, as you said, how do you police that? How do you control that? Well, you and know, when you live in cities where there's more than 10 million people, I think it's just hard to avoid it sometimes. I think they'll do their best, as you said, at, at, at tourist attractions and um, to keep people social distance or maybe they make them wear masks or gloves when they go in but i do think i don't think it's going to change a hell of a lot in the long term yeah i think a lot of these measures are going to be comfort measures to get people back out and about yes um to make people feel good about coming out i think things like temperature checks at some places hand sanitization i mean i would be just fine if they stayed around like better yeah. hygiene. You and I have joked around in so many episodes about how we've seen people not wash their hands, you know, in public bathrooms, on planes and everywhere. Like if we're forcing people to clean their hands, I'm down for that. Yeah. A hundred percent. I don't know yeah. why anyone would be against having 
Yeah, exactly that. My and freedom. more hand sanitizer. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just, again, a case of people actually washing their hands. And I hope if anything comes out of this pandemic, it's like people are just a bit cleaner. Yeah. Um, but you, you made a point about, you know, making people feel safer. Mm-hmm. And my next thought on this is... How much do we think? So when, you know, in a, I reckon in a few months time, maybe another six months, globally, we'll be at a place where they're saying, okay, it's safe to travel. Yeah. It's fine to get on a plane. We're good. But do we think how much of a travel, a traveler's influence is going to be based on the facts that we're being told versus psychological? So in the sense of, yeah. you know, a lot of people on how this pandemic has been handled in certain countries, I'm not naming names, <laughs> UK, um, they keep US. telling us, yeah, US, um, they keep telling us how they're basing everything on the science. And I think a lot of people are not trusting the science at this point because they're it's calling bullshit. Yeah. Absolute fucking dumpster fire over in the UK and the US as well. And my thinking is that even though they might people might be told that it is safe to travel. I feel like people are still going to be too scared to get on a plane or to visit another country. And I'm trying to think, you know, are we going to see some people are saying that in when we're allowed to travel, we're going to see this massive influx of people booking flights and traveling. And I actually think the opposite. I think people are still going to be staying put for quite a long time. And we're not going to see a huge pickup in, in traveling for, a while mm-hmm. now me personally I psychologically it probably wouldn't get to me I probably will be one of those people I'll be the first people like get oh on a I'll plane. be the first on a flight and you yeah. probably will as well but I feel like I know people that wouldn't be um yeah I so we're kind of obviously in this bubble where most people we know love traveling too and we're all like yeah we'll go whatever mm-hmm. um but yeah, I've talked to quite a few people who are like, you know what? No, if I don't have to, why would I for a year or two? Like if they're not someone yeah. who travels every year anyways, right? they don't have that pressure. So why would they book it? Yeah. Um, it's not a priority. And I think we've talked about this before where, mm-hmm. you know, people like myself or you, Steph, we put travel up there as yeah. sort of our, our main priority in life. That's a big, you know, I think of one episode we did, we called Part it our first true love which is yeah. cheesy as hell, but, um, it's true. but it's true though. And right now I'm, I'm starting to finally, like, it's really hit me that I haven't been able to really go anywhere for like three months. Yeah. And yeah, I'm me too. itching for it. I can't wait until I can book a flight. Um, I don't care if they make me wear a hazmat suit on that plane <laughs> and like they're putting a thermometer up my butt to take my temperature. I will, I will sacrifice all of that. Bend I will over. do all of that. <laughs> if, if I had to, we do it the old You're gonna school way. You're going to be there bending over and be looking around and being like, wait a minute, why am I the only one doing this? Yeah, I know. <laughs> they're like, ma'am, we just wanted you to. <laughs> <laughs> but I would totally be willing. I Just get me on a plane. I want to. And, and I'm following all the rules that we've been told yeah. to follow. And, and it sucks because I'm in one of those countries right now because... They, they've handled it so poorly. I feel like we're going to be the ones grounded for so much longer yeah. than yeah. the rest of the world, which makes me seethe with anger. But yeah, you know. I will say you hear. So I've heard, our, you know, here we have very few new cases now, but there are still some being found. Right. And when they make the news, they say things like, oh, this person had traveled in March to, you know, some Caribbean place. And the outrage they get, people are like, why would they have gone anywhere? Blah, blah, blah. 
And I'm like, we all need to keep a level head because traveling on March 1st was a very different situation than traveling on March 30th. <laughs> like, yeah. people, it's like we're losing the sense of time and how quickly everything's changed. Oh, totally. Um, I mean, you flew to London so, yeah. on March 6th, something? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I came over on, yeah, it was March 7th, actually. Okay. And it was, it wasn't. You know, it was in some countries, but it wasn't a Western thing yet. <laughs> no, it, it wasn't. All there was very quickly. There was twenty cases in the UK then. I mean, they had said it was basically just Italy, Iran, Korea, and China. Yeah, yeah. So those were the yeah. So as you said, I mean, it's changed so quickly, and yeah. the numbers are just. Oh, I don't know. I don't even I know. know if I trust we're, the numbers. I feel like I've got trust issues as someone living in the UK from all of this. Okay. So if you're going to ask me questions about numbers I see in Canada or whoever, I'm like, don't trust anyone. Oh, oh no. You're becoming one of those people. The more longer you're cooped up, you're like, I don't believe any of you. I know. I'm like, I've got like conspiracy theories and I'm wearing like a makeshift satellite on my head. Cause I'm like, I will can- fly back to rip it off your head. Okay. <laughs> Amazing. Um, and slap you and be like, stop going crazy. <laughs> snap out of it. Uh, we'll Sometimes things this. are just shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, another thing I sort of thought of is, are we going to change our reasons or adjust our reasons for traveling? So is it going to be a case of people travel now? There's so much business travel that's unnecessary. There's People that travel out of countries, I mean, especially in the UK, the Brits love like a stag do or a hen do abroad, and they go to other countries just to get absolutely pissed and fucked up mm-hmm. for a, a big weekend. I feel like traveling has become such a norm to everyone, and I think we've talked about this in the past, where mm-hmm. back in the day, it was looked at as a very privileged thing to do, and you did a lot of planning around it, and, and the reason you would travel is to sort of explore understand new cultures Mm -hmm. but now that's just turned into like let's just go to another country or go somewhere for the hell of going yeah i so two points to that i think i would really like to think people's reasons for traveling are going to change for altruistic purposes to you know explore Mm -hmm. experience new cultures i would love to think that i don't (laughs) like i don't have faith in the amount of selfish people there are who do just do shit to go get pissed drunk for three days. Um, But I do think they, those people may not do it only because we've seen how many, you know, bachelorette stag hens weddings got canceled and it was a huge shit show. So I think people will have that more so on their minds. They'll be thinking more about the implications of if I can't fly, if flights get canceled, if, you know, we don't have any of this. So they might just plan it closer by for that kind of more like practical. It's not reason. selfish. It's practical. It makes sense yeah. after you experience something like this. So I think that would more so be the reasoning. I don't think it'll be for any altruistic, like wanting to mm. be better people. I didn't think so either. I mean, it, it sprung to mind because we were even talking about this with work and, you know, I travel not that often, but a few times a year to Dublin. I've got clients over there to Stockholm. And a lot of the time when I've done these trips, I'm like, I mean, we, we could do this over a call, you know, like, do I need to be here? Mm-hmm. Do I need to get on a plane? And it's always, don't get me wrong. It's always nice to see clients in person. And I love doing the trips, but I'm always like, is this a necessity? And I think as this has gone on, 
the company I work for anyways, they're looking at everything now in terms of what we spend our money on. Um, and a big part of that is business travel. You know, I've had meetings with my clients in Dublin just over a Zoom or a Google Hangout. And it's probably just as effective. Yeah. If anything, more effective. Like I find I'm a lot more alert. I'm not tired from being on a plane and sleeping in a hotel. Well, and I think it's... It makes sense, not even in the sense of companies not wanting travel after this, but every single company, unless you're, you know, Zoom, has been negatively impacted by this. So they're going to be needing to cut costs all across the board. And travel is always one of those costs that get cut first. And I've always even thought the whole idea of flying over for like a meeting in another country or even a city, even getting on a train. I've had to go to Birmingham a couple times to see clients and I just think it's like that very old school like businessman mentality where you see Mm -hmm. like a man in a suit with his briefcase back in the day like we don't need to do that anymore I don't know maybe I'm just maybe we're just of the generation we're millennials and we're like do you need that face-to-face interaction Mm -hmm. we're the type we text everything we don't pick up the phone I mean and people baby boomers think that that's weird and impersonal whereas we're like no this is just how it is now um, I mean, does anyone ever really want to have a face-to-face meeting? I don't know. I made a work call. Oh, this is unrelated. I made a work call the other day, and I it was to a woman I didn't know, and I got her voicemail. And it said, hey, you've reached my voicemail. Please send me a text message. Give me your name, your number, and what you're calling about, and I'll call you back. And I was like, that's right. fantastic. Because no one checks it. So I text her. I'm like, hey, it's Steph. This is what I'm calling about. And she called me right back. So clearly she was on her phone and she just didn't answer it, even though it was ringing right there. Yeah. I mean, I never check my voicemail. And I figure if someone wants to get my yeah. attention, you best email me or send me a text. Um, and I will say, I don't trust a man in a suit. I don't no. even want that anyways. I'll be happy to see well, that genre go. The man in the suit was not an actual man in a suit. I was using that as like... No, I know. Um, <laughs> like, I'm not a man in a suit, but I'll still... <laughs> I don't have to wear a suit. Or to my are meetings. you? <laughs> Thankfully, I don't work in an industry where they make me get dressed up. Um, I mean, maybe that'll change, though. Maybe I have to start wearing a suit jacket on a Zoom call with my clients. No, that won't happen. <laughs> um, but yeah, just, I, I mean, I think the whole travel thing of the necessity of travel versus the desire to travel. I just wonder if that's going to shift or like, yeah, weddings. Yeah. Destination weddings. It's like, oh, you feel like you have to go. You're going to, you know, your friend's wedding and it's somewhere else. Maybe, maybe. I mean, I think across the board for all these scenarios you're talking about, it's going to be going down. They're going to take years to recover that confidence in the industry. Yeah. So we're talking a lot about international travel, but realistically, what we've been told here in Australia is now they're saying for the next 12 months, be prepared for it to be domestic travel. They're going to be opening up domestic travel first. There's mm-hmm. going to be domestic flights before there's international flights. And so I think that's one way that travel is really going to change is people are going to see a lot more of their own countries before they see yeah. other countries. I um, think I think you're very lucky, though, if you are in a country like Australia or the, or the U.S., or Canada, where there is a lot to explore. Um, you can either fly domestically or do a road trip. But then think of the smaller countries. Uh, there's some countries that are so tiny, you probably yeah. can see it all in. I mean, look at Malta. There's an example. Malta, you can see in a day. <laughs> <laughs> probably a couple of days. I've been. I love Malta. I've been. I, I went for I think a week once, and that was 
more than enough time. But my point is, you know, the places like, you know, looking at road tripping, right? Like Canada, you can spend two weeks driving across Canada. Australia, probably Easy, probably yeah. the same. The yep. U.S. Um, so a lot of these countries, the people living there, I think, are lucky because they will be able to sort of get their travel fix in without having to leave. Whereas, you know, Brits, they want to go abroad. Brits want to get to Spain or Portugal and they want to be on the beach. And Well, I don't know. maybe this is going to be a reality slap in the face for the Brits of, you know, just you don't always get what you want. <laughs> but if you try sometimes, you just might find. <laughs> You're like, that's not what I wanted to hear. <laughs> you get what you need. Were you don't trying to quote the road? Yeah. What you want? Yeah, I was going to sing it. <laughs> Looking at road trips, mm. do we think rental car companies, caravan businesses, are they oh. going to see a massive spike? Is this the new... I think so. Yeah. They've slowed so much during this, but that as people are deciding, hey, what are we comfortable doing? Road trips, I mean, we're all isolating within our houses with our families and our now are in Australia, at least, our closest friends. Um. So getting in a car with those people you're already surrounded by is going to be a lot more comfortable than getting on a plane full of randoms. Yeah, true. Yeah. I think the rise of the road trips will be uh, be a thing. We should finally plan our Canadian road trip, even though that would include us flying into the country. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like maybe we're allowed because we're citizens. Yeah, but then I can't come back to Australia. Oh, damn it. All right. That's we'll have to revisit this. I was thinking this could finally be our opportunity to do this road trip we've been talking about for years. But yeah, I, and then, I mean, even with road tripping, like you're staying in a caravan, sleeping in a tent, maybe if you're camping, doing that whole thing. What about the hotel hostel industry, Airbnbs? Yep. Like, that's a big one. Like, looking at hostels, we talk about hostels all the time. We have a whole yep. episode that we did last season about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's going to be a massive change. How do you, like, it's one thing for a hotel, you can social distance, um, people stay in the room, you get the room cleaned, maybe there's going to be a bigger sort of turnover time. Like, it's usually a hotel gets cleaned, the yeah. new new visitors come a few hours later, maybe they're going to have to give it a 24-hour in-between period. But what about mm-hmm. a hostel when you're sleeping in a room with 20 people? Well, it could be as simple as decommissioning some of the beds. So what once was, you know, a six bunk bed, 12 person room might just have, they might only fill them with half or put one person on each bunk bed. I mean, they're going to accommodate until the volume is there. But I think the reality is for a lot of these places is once the volume comes back and the demand, they're going to fill it. Unless they're legally required not to, but... Well, they might fill it, but I'm thinking, are people going to feel safe to stay in hostels? Like, think of it the other way around. I think a lot of these, whether it's hostels, Airbnbs, I think their sanitization protocols are going to be a lot stricter, I would Mm -hmm. hope. Um, There's going to be a lot of more checks and balances when it comes to those kind of things. And I think that both in terms of you know, how they operate and expectations from people staying there. Like I've let a lot of shit slide staying in random places oh, yeah. over the years that now so, I'd probably say something. A hundred percent. I mean, it's, it's like when you stay in a hotel and you find like a little stain on the comforter and you're like, okay, well, I'm going to pretend I didn't see that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to now it's like, uh, uh-uh. and yeah. same with hostels. I've stayed in some pretty filthy hostels. I mean, the hostel we stayed in in London when we first moved here, I wouldn't say was 
exactly the cleanest hostel I've ever stayed in. It, there, some some hostels, anyways. And again, I'm not saying all hostels, but some of them, you know, they do have that mentality of like this is a hostel, like you get what you pay for. I yeah. wonder if more um, people staying in hostels will speak up now. If if the showers or the bathrooms are dirty, like that's the one thing I always find. It's like, why can't you just have a clean? Like some of these hostels, I'm like, just clean the bathroom a bit better. Why is there always like hair plugging up the sink? I mean, the hostels, though, they have an easy solution for those problems. All they can do, they can hire more people and Mm -hmm. pay them with free accommodation. Yeah, true. So they can hire more workers at a much cheaper rate than any, you know, hotels can or motels or... Um, those places will have tangible costs associated with extra cleaners. So, yeah. yeah, but are but are they professional cleaners? Right, you're hiring some backpacker. How good of a job are they going to do? Well, that's, that's what I'm saying. Thing. Checks and balances from both yeah. the management and the people staying there will mm-hmm. have to hold them to account. Yeah, fair enough. Would you be less inclined to stay in a hostel after this stuff? No. No, same. No. I mean, I already, (laughs) I feel like I'm coming from a very good place where I already got sick and I feel great. So I'm not too stressed about catching it. Whereas other people are still really worried about catching it. And that's a very real concern. Although maybe Um, we're too cocky about it. Because I mean, now they're saying there are cases of people that have contracted it more than once. Yeah, I mean, I'm donating plasma every week, and they're putting it in people who are sick, so I would hope that yeah. <laughs> it's doing something good. Let's just hope by next year there is a vaccine, and we can just start getting that before we travel. But I'm with you on yeah. that. I, I'm in the mentality, same, um, albeit I never was officially tested. Mm-hmm. We can we can pretty much assume that I had it as well, Yeah. Um, after you stayed with me, um, yeah. that I gave to you. Sorry. Sorry about that. <laughs> I was, I was like, okay. I feel like this is the first time we're actually addressing this on the podcast. And uh, yeah, my bad. I mean, I don't know where I got it from, but sorry, Steph. Um, but it's the same thing. I'm, I'm kind of, you know, I feel like we got it early and there should be some type of immunity mm-hmm. going through our veins right now. And so, yeah, things like this stuff isn't really scaring me. Yeah. But well, for those I- that haven't had it, I get it. It would be. I think you touched on a really good point is that there's a lot of people who are going to be more comfortable once there is a vaccine. And yeah, exactly. I think that's maybe a pivotal turning point too. And when a lot of these industries start to see a rise Mm. Um, and even not just travel, like the concert, live music, entertainment industries have taken a huge hit. And one of my favorite artists that I came to London for, we were going to go see Eric Church. He said he won't perform at big venues anymore until there's a vaccine available. Yeah, fair enough. Because he doesn't want accommodations in the crowd. He wants people to have that live music experience without not being able to touch anyone. Um, Yeah. He doesn't want to go into a venue and have someone in every other seat. (laughs) Like, Mm, Yeah. yeah. I mean, it it might be great for venues, but I mean, airplanes, if they want to skip that middle seat moving forward... they're not i mean i think people keep talking about that and you know i've reached out to a couple of my pilot friends and that seems to be a very token gesture to make people feel better that's not actually that meaningful it won't do anything let's be honest Mm -hmm. it might separate two people in that row but yeah you're still not what is it six feet apart is it six feet or are they saying 
12 feet of i don't even know uh, what it six is feet anymore. meter and a half here in australia so, so i yeah, mean that's... you're not a meter yeah if you're sitting on the aisle seat and then there's another person on the aisle seat that's not even close no you're an arm's length away so and then on top of that you're in a plane where everything just gets re like germs are just recirculated anyways yeah I mean, maybe, uh, yeah, we just all have to wear masks. I, I used to work with a girl that anytime she, we went on like a business trip, she would wear a mask on the what? plane and I used to make fun of her for it all the time. And <laughs> yeah. now she's probably like, look who's laughing now, which is true. <laughs> I, like, um, I think masks will definitely be a new normal. I mean, how many companies have you seen pivot now to make really stylish masks? Yeah. That well, is Kim going Kardashian. to be... She's in the got flying. Them. I mean, yeah. I, uh, I'm, I'm a bit sick of all these celebrities trying to cash in on this fucking pandemic, doing my head in. But yeah, Kim Kardashian put out. I know. A line I will say, though, I will give a huge shout out to a uh, stylist I know who makes clothes for artists who are on tour. Obviously, when everyone stopped touring, she stopped getting work. And yeah. she pivoted to selling masks. Bria Stinson from Stinson House, H A U S. And. You know, that's how she's been able to sustain herself during this, which she was in the clothing and wardrobe industry. That's what she did. Yeah. Um, you know, and I ordered one from her because I was like, I want to support you. I've worked with you so much. But so the masks actually do anything. There's all these, I mean, like back and forth. They're saying that the cloth ones don't actually really do much. Anyways. I mean, I feel like there's a lot of back and forth about it because some people just there's a lot of back and forth. My frame of thinking is it's definitely better than nothing. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, even if you, even if fifty percent right. of what you say you were to cough and fifty percent gets transmitted, <clears throat> that other fifty percent didn't. So yeah. you know what? I mean, on the scale of trying to do what you can do, yeah, uh, yeah. I feel like you are too entrenched in the UK, <laughs> where where they're like not actually taking it too seriously. <laughs> I think people are. I don't think it's. I think the people are taking it seriously. It's the mm-hmm. government that's not. I think us as citizens, 
and residents of the UK. Yeah, people are, you, you know, all these stories keep coming out where they're like, oh, people weren't social distancing in the park. That's absolute bullshit. People are, and they are, but they're getting tired. I think that's what's happening in the UK. And you've got people like Bojo. And I mean, you've got the story of Dominic Cummings. Um, he is, I think he's like, bored. he's the prime minister's chief advisor. Okay. And he drove his car miles and miles oh, to some other city this. to like drop his kids wasn't he off having or... an affair <clears throat> no no that was the uh, that was no so that's a different guy <laughs> oh geez yeah. okay it's that's hard to a, keep track that was that was the he worked he was like a health he was the guy that basically said we needed to social distance and he said that the science would work and then he was caught going over to his mistress's house i can't remember his name <laughs> but this guy recently dominic cummings who is the prime minister's chief advisor he was caught going to another city so he could be closer to his parents in case he needed childcare because he thought him and his wife had symptoms. But then they were like, well, why would you go to your parents? Anyways, the entire government, they're the ones not following any of the rules. And the rest of us are actually sitting here patiently being like, okay, when can we go out? Yeah. But I feel like they're slowly losing us. It's been, we've had beautiful weather, which I'm very grateful for. Um, it's a long weekend this weekend mm-hmm. and people are tired and people like everyone's in the parks, but it's not, it's not crazy busy. Everyone is actually socially distancing, but it's starting to get, people are not taking any, anything the government says seriously anymore. Yeah. And I think that's where we're at. And I think it's just going to get to a point where they're, they, I think they've already lost control a little bit, but I still feel like the people of, you know, the UK are trying to do their part, but I don't know. They left it too late. Crazy days. Crazy days. So we're, you know, we're talking about masks. We're talking about all these different things. Temperature checks. What will they be doing? I think I want to say when people do start traveling, whether it's right away or when you go, I think just our expectations going into this post-COVID world is to just accept and be prepared for the changes. Things are going to change. And if you accept them heading into it, I think it's easier not to let them overwhelm you. One of the things I wonder, especially with, um, you know, look at look at after 9-11 happened and how airport security changed. Yeah. And now that's become the new norm. Whereas at first everyone's like, I've got to take my shoes off. You're going to scan me and like, you know, get want padded my belt, down. everything. Whereas mm-hmm. that is the total, that's the new norm now. And I feel like coming out of this, there's going to be new norms that, as you said, it's going to be initial change but it's going to take time for us to adjust to it yeah um, and nobody i don't like change i'm one of those people it oh, makes love me it. see you like it i think I i'm one of those on people i don't like it at first i can adjust to it once it happens and it's usually i look back and go yeah that was fine but the thought of it when it hasn't happened yet so right now we're kind of in limbo still mm-hmm. and i'm very like impatient where i want to you know i'm like okay i just want to know how it's going to change but yeah we're <laughs> not there yet Oh, I'm just picturing you stomping your foot, being like, yeah. I need to know how it's going to change. I need to know that it will be a good change. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you mentioned, you know, airport security. And then I feel like there's going to be kind of a whole bunch of legal stuff that changes as well. So the airport, I'm presuming there'll be temperature checks to make sure people aren't sick getting on the planes. Um, yeah. I think that could certainly become a new norm. Um, I think going to some countries where you even need um, like health certificates now, there will be more because I think, where did you go? So Uh, I've had this in two circumstances. So 
traveling to Cuba, you often have to prove that you have travel insurance. So it's not a health thing, but you have to have the documentation proving you have it. And then the other one I had was flying from Brazil into South Africa. They would not let me in unless I had my yellow fever vaccination documentation. Mm. Um, which, you know, it's different because Brazil is high risk for it. So South Africa required it. So I've seen some of these kind of restrictions already. So wouldn't surprise me if there were more in place, if countries simply required, if there's a COVID vaccination yeah, and they want to see proof of it to be able to travel there. And yeah, fair enough. I could definitely (laughs) see that happening and it's going to be a lot stricter on maybe not even just COVID, but all vaccinations. Not yeah. not every vet, but you know what I mean? Like any, yeah, maybe you will have to show that. And speaking of, you mentioned travel insurance. Mm-hmm. How do we think that's going to change? Because here's the one thing I've, um, though I was reading up a lot about this and a lot of people found that their travel insurance was useless when it came to this pandemic. And some people are now are like, well, what the fuck is the point? So, Why did I even get it? So do, do we think we're going to be here's picky, the, choosy? Here's the thing with travel insurance. I think one, people need to understand it better. So mm. when you book your flight is when you should book the travel insurance. Because what a lot of people do is they'll book a flight a month or two in advance and book their travel insurance the day before they go. Which, fair, I've done that quite a bit myself. I do that. I'm guilty of that. And the problem is, for what a lot of people have encountered is... They booked their flight well before this was a known issue, but their travel, they bought their insurance after it was a known issue. And it might not have been a known issue in worldwide, but it was a known issue in the world that it was moving around. Right. Their trip was booked well in advance, but they bought the policy afterwards. And then the other thing is, is, you know, people when flights were delayed and staying longer. So for example... You know, say you were in a country, this is all going on. You don't feel great, but you don't know, and they won't test you. You, you can't get to a doctor's, but, and you're trying to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Your travel insurance is still invalid the day your policy ended. If you decide to stay a week later, you know, in a total attempt to do the right thing, you can't extend your policy. So then if you are sick, you can, you, you're not covered. Right. So there's that catch-22 right now. And I think what people need to do is demand that catch-22 be addressed. I mean, is it going to be a case of, do we think moving forward? Because I know a lot of travel insurance policies, again, using 9-11 as an example, they added in like a terrorist clause. Mm -hmm. You can add that on as part of your policy if like a terrorist attack happens, which Mm -hmm. I think, I mean, when we were in Egypt, I don't think I had that. I mean, thankfully nothing happened to us, but we weren't covered anyways because there was the government advisory. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, but, I mean, do we think now there's going to be, when you do book your travel insurance, uh, a pandemic clause? Yeah. So I actually, when this all happened, I went back and looked at old policies I've bought. And, mm-hmm. you know, I did a keyword search for pandemic and all those words. Nothing in any of my policies. And I think yeah. moving forward, there definitely will be. Yeah. I mean, that's the same way I always add on the um, natural disaster from after you and I were yeah. in I, uh, <laughs> Ireland. And I mean, now I always add in the terrorist, yeah. <laughs> terrorist clause and I'll be adding in the global p- pandemic clause into my, <laughs> in my annual policy, I think. 
all these little things when you get a policy that are, you know, $5 add-ons, $8 add-ons, and you're like, no, no, no. Like, yeah, just No, we it. might be like, yes, yes, yes. And, yeah. you know, we're joking, but I, like, a friend of mine, he traveled to Ireland to see the same concert we were going to go to in London. So he took his wife, their children. There was five of them that flew over to Ireland. They'd never been and it was going to be the trip of their lives. Concert was canceled. The entire city shut down. Um, they had so many issues. You know, for so for you and I, we booked, you know, cheap flights, cheap this. We'll be out, mm. but we're not going to go bankrupt from it. People like that, like they lost tens of thousands yeah. of dollars. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, people are going to be once this is all done, uh, evaluating their travel insurance policies. And that's the other thing I've like. Some people might not even bother with it, depending on where they're going. Because, um, again, after this whole thing, like, some people have found that it was completely useless. And they're like, well, why did I pay for this? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, Maybe I need to be more sympathetic. I feel like it wasn't useless. People just didn't understand it. Um, yeah. But I also grew up with a you know, insurance agent for her father. So, <laughs> so I've always understood the world of insurance and how yeah. important it is. Yeah. So you get it. Yeah. My sister also sells insurance. We should, I mean, why are we not in the insurance business? Oh, I can't imagine anything I'd rather do less. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. We'll leave it to the experts. Yeah. I think there's only one more point. I'm going to ask you a question stuff. Okay. Would you ever go on a cruise after this? Yeah, you know what? I would. And it's funny you ask that because my parents actually, I was talking to my mom and she said, they're going to, they're going to be one of those people booking a cruise. Yeah. And it's just that logic of like when you and I were in Egypt and the bomb went off and everyone was like, you need to leave Egypt now. We were kind of like, well, what are the chances it's going to happen again? True. I think my parents are kind of thinking, you know, this is probably going to be the cleanest the ships will ever be yeah. and the safest. Like they'll be better now than they ever have been. And then it will be a slow decline from there. So that's um, like, that's like when I flew with uh, United <laughs> airlines a couple years ago and it was after like, they had the worst press where the video came out of them oh my dragging gosh. some woman off the plane. And then like, I don't know, something else happened. I can't remember. Yeah. And I was flying with them back from New York and everyone's like, Oh, are you sure you want to fly with United? And my dad made a really good point. He was like, they've probably cleaned up their act by now because they have to. And that flight, there was like 20 people on the plane because nobody wanted to fly with United. And I was treated like a queen, like a goddamn queen on that flight. It was one of the best flights I've ever taken. Um, So you're right. Same with the the cruise ships. Um, One thing I did read, I was reading an article that the Huffington Post had published about same topics, just talking about how we, you know, think travel is going to change. And one of the points that came up was cruises. And they actually said that um, people that take cruises are very loyal. They're they're loyal oh, yeah. cruise vacationers. And they actually don't think that the, um, the cruise ship industry is really going to suffer that much long term. Because like you said, really? your parents, well, and people like your parents that love a cruise, they're going to book a cruise again. Now, me personally, I've never had any interest in taking a cruise. I mean, they are, they call them like floating Petri dishes anyways. Yeah. Like they have breakouts of like norovirus and all that. But uh, what was that cruise ship where people had to quarantine on the ship for weeks? Andrea, no, there's, oh my gosh, there's still thousands of people stuck on ships at sea right now. Oh, really? 
They're so oh a lot of them now they've let the passengers off of. Oh, it's a huge thing. But the workers aren't allowed off the ship still. And the workers aren't getting paid either. They're just stuck so... on these ships and they're not allowed off. Yeah. No, thank and there's, you. It is cr- like the cruise ship debacle worldwide is still going on. And it's yeah. crazy because even here in Melbourne, when I was down in Port Melbourne one day, um, you could see the cruise ships lined up where they weren't letting them off. Oh. And I'm, I was just looking at the ship and it was docked here, but no one could come off. I'm like, this is crazy. There's people jumping off ships. There's people on ships right now committing suicide. Like, it is a big thing still. See, and that's what I've always thought anyways with cruises. I'm like, you are stuck on a boat. Like, if you can't get off. And something like this happens. Mm-hmm. And they, oh, no, I'm I'm See, if anything, this has made me, I'm further away from the idea of ever even getting on a cruise like i don't think i'll ever do it i don't don't think there's much every time you ask me if i would do something i'm like yep (laughs) i'm trying to think what i would say no to and i think the only thing i said no to is maybe traveling to libya right now well yeah i mean that was i don't think it takes a pandemic though for someone not to travel to certain countries i think (laughs) and to be fair i don't think it would take a pandemic for me to say no to a cruise this is just adding to the list of reasons why I would not want to take a cruise. <laughs> we should maybe do a, a separate episode on cruises. We'll get like an expert on and maybe they can, maybe the episode is I'm trying to convince me to take a cruise. Maybe someone paid for a full cruise for me. I'd here's go. here's a question. Yeah. <laughs> let's think of it that way. If someone was, pay- so your sister calls you up. <laughs> she okay. wants to take you on a cruise for Christmas. Uh, I'm sorry. Well, that you was think- a layered question. <laughs> That, so we already know that's not happening. I mean, my sister and I can barely go on vacation together when we're not stuck on a boat. Put us on a boat with free alcohol? Are you kidding me? That sounds like the worst idea. Liz, if you're listening, I love you, but we both know that that is not a good idea. Steph, your scenario you built up here, it didn't work. Okay. Okay. Bad scenario. If you okay. If I won the lottery... I bought you an all-inclusive cruise. Would you go on it? Um, You'd probably bully me into buying you something else. (laughs) (laughs) I probably probably would for... Just to say I've done it. I feel like I should. (laughs) I feel like it's not about the safety. Well, okay, no, here's the thing. It's not a... You can be bought. you did, because... And also, I feel like if you bought it, then we'd have, like... The really like fancy exclusive room. True. It would be like baller. Yeah, True. I would do it then. All right. I'm not well, staying economy though. There's hope for the cruise industry yet. We'll see. Yeah, but I don't know if I'd like it. Could you be stuck with me on a boat for a week if I was grumpy? Andrea, I was just stuck in your apartment with you for two weeks and that was a lot smaller than a boat. Yeah, and we were really sick. <laughs> Again, I'm really sorry for getting you sick. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't even hold it against you i don't care <laughs> um can i just say as well when i was feeling sick before stuff and i was laying in bed yeah and i said i was like Steph, it's really great that you're here and you can take care of me and she brought me a beer from the fridge that was her <laughs> way of taking care of me when i was sick i did i came in and drank a beer with you in your bed yeah it's probably and that might be sick. when i got sick yeah, when we shared a bed in the afternoon. Oh, good times. All right. 
those are our thoughts. I mean, I don't think we had the answers to everything, but well, I don't think we had the answers to anything. No, we don't. I mean, I, I, I'm hoping anyone that listened to this episode wasn't expecting to come out and go, right, Steph and Andrea have said that by July 27th, we could get on a plane. And no, I, I have no idea, but I still welcome any of your quest, any of your questions for us on Instagram or email because we again we have been getting a lot of them and I'm like very flattered that you guys think that we have the answers (laughs) but I mean our prime minister in the UK doesn't even have the answers so who knows and he got it and he still doesn't care (laughs) send us your feedback when do you guys think we're gonna travel again based on everything that we talked about today what do you guys think about airlines cruise ship industry hotel industry what do we think All right, guys, we're looking forward to hearing all your thoughts, and we're so excited for season two. I mean, obviously, travel's a weird realm to be in right now, but there's lots of stuff coming your way. All the Shit I've Learned Abroad is a travel podcast focused on anything and everything related to travel. You can listen to us on multiple platforms from iTunes to Google Play Music and more. And with that, please, if you have a chance, give us a five-star review on iTunes or whatever platform you listen on. That drives us up the charts and really, really helps us out. Want to support us on Patreon? Find us over at Shit I've Learned Abroad Pod. Donations start as low as just $1. Also, if you could follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Shit Abroad Pod and Facebook by searching all the shit I've learned abroad. Thanks so much for listening. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. 
Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.